0: you tuned in to metro fm talk uh, here on the mighty metro it's our wrap of the top business stories and i'm joined on the line by zola kem guni uh co-founder and uh, out at benguela global fund managers and uh Kwabe, good evening to you my brother welcome
1: good evening i good evening to your
0: listeners i hope you are well
1: I'm trying
0: my best. The, the producer just told me something understand me. So. Hey, Kwabe. Ah, my brother. Uh, we'll say a bit more once we go. T- let's go through the stories first, uh, and then we'll come back, because uh, yeah, okay, I, I've okay. got some choice words for, for Penguela. I, I mean, I, th- I think you guys are a jewel uh, in the crown of uh, South African asset managers, but uh, we'll talk about that in the next few minutes. Kwabe, I was saying now, just before we started, it's you know, Eskom, when we think of ESCOM, we are become so despondent, we think, you know, we have choice words for them, we think they are a mess, we think they are a piece of work. Uh, but it seems in other countries, uh, you know, they're the bell of the ball, they're, they're darlings, uh, getting energy availability factors from hydro operations uh, that um, certainly make many in Yoweri Museveni's country very, very happy.
1: Certainly, I think uh, if you look at ESCOM's uh, operations in Uganda, They've been quite amazing, uh, and they operated uh, what's called the hydropower, uh, uh, where you run water through a dam and you use the dam to basically power the turbines and you generate electricity that way. Uh, compared to burning coal here in South Africa, I think I think they certainly have done a fantastic job there. And I think in these type of uh, hydropower projects, the benefit is often, the, or the hardship is often in the setup. Of the of the project, while the project is up and running, it's relatively better to uh, to operate compared to the uh, coal to power uh, uh, operation. So Museveni has been talking about uh, uh, liberalizing the energy sector. Uh, it's highly concentrated. And suddenly, uh, the concessions are come to an end. And he basically seems to be in the
0: power. Of that mm. code. It also seems, Kwabe, that uh, Museven is faced with a problem that it seems is a latent or looming problem for us here, that you have private sector producers who generate the energy, but the state-owned transmission infrastructure of the grid sometimes cannot bring that energy onto the grid. Um, and now he sees, I guess, the pay or what is it, take or pay principle uh, which means he has to pay for that electricity whether or not it's it's uh, come onto the grid or not uh, is something that they are reviewing alongside of course uh, a reversal of their policy to liberalise the sector and now considering nationalisation
1: <laughs> yeah look uh, I think the, the energy is always tied to uh, politics and that's mainly because it's it's actually uh, the driver of the of economic performance so I, I I cannot see how they would avoid that kind of scenario. and, and You, you pay for something that you haven't used, and in their minds, uh, they haven't used it. They want to. Uh, they they shouldn't be paying for it. But the truth is, to run a plant uh, that produces electricity has costs, and mm. you're probably going to end up with a with a situation where uh, they have to recover at least those costs. So. It's a difficult one, but I I can see also that many of the companies that were operating there, or at least the two big companies that were supplying electricity in Uganda, were actually foreign firms. So it didn't really make sense. There's another one called Umene, or Umene, I don't, I don't remember the exact name. But basically, they 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 had what was called a BOT, Build Operate, and Transfer. Yes, yeah. Uh, both together with Eskom. And now they come to the end of the 20-year period, and they basically have to hand over those projects back to to the to the government. And it's a nice uh, nationalization uh, program. It's not a dramatic one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, I guess I guess it also shows us something else, kwabe which is, you know, here's the irony, that because of the nature of upfront fixed investment and I guess gestation periods and so on of large infrastructure like this, it's sometimes state-owned entities of other countries that come in as private players. So ESCOM goes in as a private player or a concessionaire in Uganda. Similarly for us here, we know EDF, which is the French uh, electricity utility, has some renewable projects here in South Africa. So a bit of a irony there. True.
1: And you know what the main thing is, is that... It all goes down to who has funding at that point in time of need. Mm. So the, the people who can raise capital, if you go 20 years ago, Esther was probably in a much, much better, uh, not probably, but in a much oh, uh, better yeah. shape. Uh, and suddenly, when the opportunity came, I mean, they used their uh, African uh, relations uh, and their capabilities, proven capabilities to get that, that project. But... Oftentimes, to fund a project requires a lot of money. And unless you uh, you have a clear or, or a deep pocket of, of, of capital, you are likely to be able to fund it. I and mean, these renewable energy projects that are running here, there's a lot of foreign firms and foreign investors that are invested in these projects sure. directly or directly. So that, that's often a function of who has the money to put money to the project. Money is always chasing the most lucrative projects around the world. So they they, they try to optimize the returns that way.
0: Mm, mm. Maybe just the last one, talking about maximizing returns. There have been some issues in the ability to repatriate dividends um, or any profits from uh, Kampala. Um, Any news on that?
1: Yeah, I think the whole African uh, uh, continent, I mean, uh, we're probably in a more privileged situation when it comes to forex the the rest of the african countries are actually quite vulnerable from a forex uh, point of view they've got limited resources that they export and they are then struggling to be able to uh, meet the dollar demand because what you basically have to do to repatriate the money for example say, so money you have to go sell the the ugandan shillings and get the uh, and buy rent and if you don't have enough availability of rent, you basically will struggle and your currency will depreciate because the people take advantage of that situation. Oh if the rent was ten rent to the shilling the guys would say, Okay, now one fifteen and mm. your currency depreciates that way. So that has been a big problem across the continent and I think uh, Uganda is not unique in that the repatriation of money has been you can go on Gaul, you can go Ghana or Nigeria. That's been one of the biggest problems the continent so i hope that they'll be able to get it out i mean when uh, we saw some event the other day they kind of highlighted that they were upgrading their risk uh, uh, perspective on some of the african markets that they are operating in especially on the currency side they try to uh, avoid putting their money into long dated uh, securities
0: in those mm. countries
1: just highlighting the level of uh, uh, risk in, in some of those markets
0: yeah yeah So, yeah, certainly one, I guess, a bit of an interesting story there. And I do think there are lessons that our, uh, uh, you know, renewables program can learn from the Ugandan experience uh, because it's not the first time in the world where you see something privatized to some degree and then nationalized once again. I mean, the same thing happened (laughs) with the the rail sector out in the United Kingdom, Kwabe. So uh, quite an interesting one there. But yeah, Competition Commission investigating Massive increases in essential food prices. Uh, I know some people were saying at some stage, you know, towards the end of last year, maybe we need price controls because, yo, the things that are happening, and we see it in the numbers. A lot of the inflation driven largely uh, by headline food inflation. And similarly, um, if we look at inflation's impact on poorer households, uh, that impact being disproportionately larger than that visited on much richer households. And we know poorer households also spend a larger portion of their incomes uh, on food. What's happening here?
1: That's true. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think if we look, at, uh, the Competition Commission has been looking into uh, the inflation. I think the numbers that were reported, uh, the inflation numbers that were reported for uh, the month of Feb. Uh, I think it was last week. The the inflation in the food market was phenomenal. Was the biggest probably in, in many many years, and I think. That was kind of uh, 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 intrigued the Competition Commission to look at it, particularly things like bread, cooking oil, meal rice, maize uh, uh, an meal, and uh, 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 flour and margarine. And they are the basis of their argument is that w- is that when they look at the input raw materials prices, the increases are significantly less than. The end. What the end consumer is paying. Mm, so, so what's passed on to the, the consumer? yeah. Correct. So between the producer of the raw materials and the consumer, there seems to be a substantial inflationary activity that's happening in the in that space. And the the competition commission is looking into that to say, you know, they 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 don't understand this. And I mean, uh, I think it, it makes sense, I and mean, we take. Uh, the maize meal has gone up by 32% uh, uh, up to January, so it's, it was around 35 rand versus 27 rand. Uh, and uh, as you said, the impact on the lower earning uh, uh, consumers is material. Uh, and when we look at the price, the maize price over the same period, that that wasn't the case. And the, the, the price increase was a lot lower. So we might get back to a situation where uh, we start throwing our edge away, that when there was a dreadfishing story, if you remember that, uh, that was a big, big uh, uh, story that called The, the loss of Tyler Brands and, and uh, uh, Others.
0: Yeah, so I, I guess this one, you know, I, I'm always interested in to what degree this reveals pricing behavior in the South African market, because we know, I mean, You know, any monopolist uh, or oligopolist always has an incentive to inflate prices beyond any corresponding increase in the underlying production costs. And uh, I think that is what is of great and deep concern in this instance. But let's shift to another story here, Kwabe. Um, And it's a story coming out of, uh, yeah, I think I can say this now because I'm I'm nearly at the end of this. I mean, I have a few companies where I'm like, I look forward to reading whatever guidance they give in the market uh, because of a few things. You know, I like companies who don't just stash money away, you know, uh, or take money, buy back shares, pay bumper dividends. I like companies who are saying, if I have a cash pile, let me go and deal with the risk and uncertainty of investing that cash pile in response to whatever opportunities I'm seeing in the market. StoreAge is one of those companies. And so, too, I guess, is, um, you know, other companies that one might see in the market. Uh, I like Tile too, and a few others. Uh, which I'll say a bit more about today. But uh, wh- what do you make of this uh, guidance? 11 months of trade. They put out a business and trading update today. Uh, they are out in the world, of course, of self-storage. A bit of a seasonal business, but also a business that relies heavily on um, availability of well-located land. What do you make of um, the guidance they've given you? Look, it was
1: actually quite positive. They even highlight the fact that uh there is some seasonality in the run-up to the winter months uh, where they see a bit of a, a, a the winter month and then picks up uh, post-winter. But if I look at the occupancy rates uh, on a life-for-life basis, I mean, the occupancy rates have, have stepped up uh, quite meaningfully. Mm. Uh, and the the rental rates have gone up. I mean, in SA, I think mean, they managed to get inflation of about 7%. Uh, and they were able to increase the occupancy by 2%, so quite a big and uh, uh, positive uh, uh, impact, because as you increase the occupancy, you're not uh, paying any additional cost, especially for this type of business. And if you look at uh, in the in the UK, they were also able to increase uh, the occupancy by 1%, and they were able to also increase the the, the rental rates by, by about so quite a positive uh, 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 outlook that they're putting out also in terms of going into their new project. They've, they've got a number of sites that they, they've acquired that mm-hmm. are in the pipeline. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it looks like the 900 that they committed, the 900 million that they committed to increase state by 60,000 uh, square meters, mm. seems to be uh, in line. So, to your point that they are not just sitting on the cash and, and buying back the shares, they are putting it to work. And when I look at the locations that they are targeting, uh, it looks like I mean, side, uh, Brampton, Finland. Those are like a uh, higher-end locations. Sure. So, so uh, Tommy, those are the people with most of the junk that you need to store as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's all that junk. It's all that junk you have to take out in summer, you know? Uh, clearly, probably <laughs> all of you v- very rich people there in the north, you... <laughs> You pack your houses in with heaters and all manner of things in winter that you have to clear out uh, and make some space for in self-storage. But Kwabe, I would have wanted us to talk about the employment numbers, but let's shelve that just for a second. Uh, My brother, I wish to really convey um, on my behalf personally, but also on behalf of uh, the team that I work alongside here, our immeasurable gratitude to you um, for really being with us from day one. of always availing yourself your reliability but also your insightful and incisive analysis into the markets which i know we're not the only people who treasure it uh, but so too do to many of your clients and many south africans we appreciate you my brother and uh, you know I, I certainly know this is not the last time our paths will cross so it is uh, from us at least till next time uh, on this particular platform is our elsewhere yeah
1: uh, yeah. I am I'm extremely humbled I mean, by your kind. words, uh, it, It's been a major privilege to work with you and we've worked with you uh, on another platform yes. for a number of them. But certainly, what uh, if you ask your uh, any time they say uh, I uh, want to talk to you, I, I always get excited because you, you always go beyond the headlines and dig and, and deeper deep into the stories and more insightful stuff. So I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity that uh, you and your uh, uh, Metro FM have provided us to, to be able to talk to your listeners. And thirdly, we, we look forward to working with you guys uh, uh, into the future. We appreciate uh, all the hard work that you do to try and educate people about the, the financial services industry. Thank you very much. I really, really uh, appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much, Kwabe. And uh, as I said, uh, because uh, one of the stories that still has to be told is uh, your story and the story, of course, of Benguela Global Fund Managers. As I said, you guys are a jewel. Uh, we look up to you. Um, and one day we hope we'll we'll have some resources that uh, we can give to your deft and capable hands to invest for some of us. Well,
1: thank you, Aya. I look forward to working with you uh, in future. And certainly... It's been a huge privilege, and I'm very sad that uh, you 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 leave the platform. But as you said, yeah. we'll we'll come together somewhere else. Uh, thank you very time. much, Kobe. Thanks, Thanks thank my you, brother. Thank you.